Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to e-commerce conversations by Practical E-commerce. I'm Kerry Murdoch. Most every e-commerce merchant has experienced credit card fraud. But some merchants have experienced more fraud than others, and fraud prevention efforts vary from merchant to merchant. CyberSource, the payment gateway company, tracks all of this, and for 11 years now, it has assembled an online fraud report called Online Payment Fraud Trends, Merchant Practices, and Benchmarks. The architect of the report and the survey behind it is Doug Shrugman, CyberSource's Director of Customer and Market Intelligence, and he joins us today. Well, Doug, thank you for your time today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Doug, what is the state of online credit card fraud in the U.S.? Our listeners are e-commerce merchants. From their perspective, what's the state of online credit card fraud? Well, interestingly, we've actually seen some improvement over the past two years, uh, some noticeable improvements, uh, particularly in a lower percentage of orders that are being rejected due to suspicion of fraud. So merchants are getting uh, better at um, separating out the good orders from the more suspicious orders and accepting more orders. And that's important as the you know, economy slows down to, to do that. And last year, in 2009, we saw um, a drop in the total amount of fraud losses. We estimate all merchants have, have lost in total. And that's really the first drop we've seen in many years since about 2003. So there's good progress report. I noted that in your survey that both the percentage of revenue and the absolute raw dollars, if I understood that correctly, dropped uh, in 2009. Did that, both of those categories dropped. Did I understand that correctly? That's right. Um, we have um, seen a lot of stability in the percent of revenues lost to fraud over the last few years, but we did see a small drop. Uh, which was encouraging, and as a result, that and uh, slower e-commerce growth combined, uh, you know, meant the total dollars lost to fraud uh, dropped a little bit last year. But still, we're looking at uh, over three billion dollars in the United States that merchants are losing to online fraud. What are the what are the principal reasons for that in two thousand and nine? Both the percentage of revenue and raw dollars dropping in credit card fraud. Why is that, Doug? Well, we don't have any hard data from the survey, but we do have some um, theories about it. You know, one we do see in the surveys over the years as merchants get more online experience, they get better at managing fraud and, and reducing their fraud rates. So part of it is just having another year under your belt helps uh, manage ever all the merchants manage the problem better and we think the other factor is uh, slower growth you know in online sales last year 
kind of gave merchants a chance to catch their breath. You know, they've been dealing with some very high growth rates, trying to keep up with uh, reviewing the orders and building out their fraud management process. And, you know, with the slowdown a little bit in e-commerce growth, it really gave more time to review orders, I think, and improve their fraud management process. And we think that's what led to the positive trend last year. You mentioned reviews there. The survey that we're discussing, of course, is the the 11th annual online fraud report by by CyberSource, which you've authored and assembled, Doug. It's a it's a great read for anyone listening to this. Uh, in that report, I believe the the report states that 25 percent of all orders in 2009 were manually reviewed and to some degree if i understood that correctly my question for you is is that is that did i understand that correctly 25% of all online orders are manually reviewed that's question 1 question 2 is is that necessary in this day and age yeah that's that's the average across all sizes of merchants um, you know some merchants are reviewing even higher percentages than 25%. And some of the larger merchants can get it down through automation uh, to 10% or less in some cases. So um, it is an average. But generally speaking, uh, smaller merchants are reviewing a lot of orders. That's what they rely on to defend against fraud is manual research, uh, trying to contact the customer, for example, either by email or phone to make sure they've placed the order. And historically, over many years, we really haven't seen this percentage change very much. It goes up or down, but it's been fairly stable, maybe a little bit of decline last few years. And uh, so it's, a, it's a, where merchants spend a lot of money uh, tied up in this area. You know, half the fraud management budgets are spent on, on manual review. So it's a lot of money invested there. So it's important to try and streamline that process as much as possible. I guess the final point I'd make is um, we do see, you know, given any size of merchants, that there are people that are better at it than others in terms of figuring out which orders to outsort and look at more closely. And we even see merchants selling risky goods online, like consumer electronics, you know, can get their manual review rates down to 10% um, and still control their fraud losses uh, to the, the, the norm and standards. So uh, you can do better than 25%. You've got to invest in some uh, probably better tools and automation to really do that, but uh, it, it is possible to do better. Do you have a sense of what the variables are that will initiate a manual review across your merchant base? Well, it varies a lot by type of merchant. Um, and we find that you know the merchants that really manage fraud well really tuned their process and systems to their own business and uh, so you know some merchants will keep a uh, list of good customers and addresses and uh, many merchants keep a list of bad addresses where they've had fraud uh, losses when they've shipped to those addresses and so that's uh, one one set of flags just looking at the address uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, free services available through the card, uh, credit card authentication process, like uh, AVS, Address Verification Service, and that throws up various flags, whether the billing or shipping address matches what the bank has on file. 
So there are a lot of different flags you can set um, to outsort an order for, for further review when um, it's uh, many, many different variables can be looked at. Speaking of the survey, Doug, that we're discussing here, again, the name of the survey is the CyberSource Online Fraud Report. It's the 11th Annual Report. I've read that. It's a, it's a terrific, informative read, I might add. Is that for CyberSource customers only, or can anyone obtain that and read it? No, anyone can uh, go to our website um, and find you know, a link to download the report. Uh, it's, it's available to anyone who's interested. And it's free, right? Uh, that's right. And you can go to our homepage, www.cybersource.com, and you should find a link pretty much in the middle of the page or to the right of the page to allow you to just, um, we do ask you know, for your name and email address, and then you can download the report. Okay, that's at cybersource.com again. That's right. Switching gears just a little bit here, what did you see in the survey that the principal types of credit card fraud were? Is it stolen credit cards? I sort of half know what I'm talking about here, but was it stolen credit cards exclusively, or was it merchants using valid credit cards who dishonestly rejected a purchase, if I could phrase it that way, or was it something else? Well, there, there are a lot of different kinds of fraud, and, and certainly there is merchant fraud where they're in collusion with uh, gangs to you know, uh, run stolen credit card numbers through their system. Um, those, those tend to be uh, false shops that close down very quickly after a month or two of operation. But for legitimate merchants, they see a lot of different kinds of fraud. There's two you know, main categories we hear about. There's obviously the fraud that uh, criminals perpetrate and uh, either individually or organized crime. And then the other category that is often talked about is what is goes by the moniker friendly fraud, which is uh, a little odd, but it's really where um, a cardholder has repudiated uh, that they've authorized a purchase, perhaps uh, someone else in their family made the purchase and they say it wasn't a authorized. The other possibility is they'll claim they haven't received the goods. And so um, we have from time to time seen increases in friendly fraud during economic uh, hard times as well. So that's another trend merchants are concerned about. Um, again, in many cases you can uh, claim back those, those fraud claims. Uh, you can win if you represent and fight them, if you can prove to uh, you know, your common carrier that goods were signed for and delivered. So, uh, but those are two main categories. Two two main categories, sir. Any idea on the percentages uh, between the former and the latter? It's difficult to separate out through the system. The codes that are used are often the same codes uh, that uh, a criminal would use a credit card, have the goods diverted to a different shipping address. So. It's not received would be the code, and same thing a consumer might claim uh, if they ordered it themselves. So it's very difficult to separate out exactly uh, how much is friendly fraud and how much is organized fraud. But it is significant, and for some merchants it can be quite high. More in the area of digital goods merchants see uh, more friendly fraud we've, we've found over the years. I'm going to change gears on you just a sec here, Doug, and ask you to help our 
listeners and our readers on strategy, on fraud strategy, uh, tapping into your expertise that you've seen when you assembled the survey data. Here's the hypothetical scenario for you to help our merchants with strategy. Let's assume a merchant is, is a smaller merchant. Let's assume they have a half a million dollars in annual revenue, uh, maybe two or three employees. Let's say they, assume they sell a variety of consumer goods, including electronics. They have a pretty tight profit percentage. With that small of a business, what should their credit card fraud prevention budget and plan be, in your view? That's a question we get asked a lot uh, by merchants, and it, it is pretty dependent upon, the as the question implies, the scenario you laid out. It's very dependent on the type of merchant and the type of goods they're selling online. So in this example, we look at the data in the survey. If you're looking at merchants selling $500,000 or less in, in uh, annual online sales, but they're selling a high-risk category like consumer electronics, uh, we would see you know, probably an average around 1% uh, being spent, almost $5,000. Uh, now, that would include some manual review costs as well. But... Um, you know, we do also see in the survey, though, across all merchants, that about 60% in that size category don't spend, say, they don't spend any money on managing fraud. And even though, you know, you can get in entry level very cheaply, maybe for, you know, under $200 a year and, and get some tools to help you manage the problem. Um, and we also see in this category that, um, you know, 15% of the merchants say they're spending over 1% of their revenues. Again, they might have larger profit margins be able to afford that. Um, we see that the amount people spend depends a lot on their gross profit margin. If they have narrow gross profit margin and their cost of goods are high, then one fraud loss means may mean that they have to sell 10 valid orders to make up for the one loss. And Consumer electronics is a good example of that, and in that area, we see people reject a lot of orders just on the fear they might be fraudulent because, you know, one loss will cost them so much, and they have to make so many good sales to make up for it. So where we see the high order rejection rates tend to be in those areas. Hmm. But I would say, you know, uh, 1% would not be unusual um, for this uh, type of scenario for a merchant to invest in managing fraud. In this sort of broad scenario we're painting here, that would include that one percent would include perhaps tools that they they use on a monthly basis, uh, third party tools as well as internal reviews. It's all all costs that they can identify associated with management problem. I should also mention that as you go up in size, that that ratio comes down pretty quickly. Uh, the largest online merchants are spending about 25 basis points of revenue to manage fraud on, on average. So it'll drop quickly as your volumes grow. But we, we always normalize kind of sales because, you know, depending on the size of merchants, the budgets do vary quite a bit. So we always kind of look at it in terms of percent of online revenues that they're investing in managing the problem. CyberSource is a leading payment gateway, of course. CyberSource and its authorized.net division. Uh, but there are other gateways and private payment systems out there. I'm wondering, Doug, is information shared among these gateways and payment systems? That is to say, if CyberSource ex experiences uh, or sees a stolen credit card, 
How do other systems and other merchants, how are they protected from your knowledge? Do you share information with each other, or how does that work? There are quite a few laws and regulations around um, payment um, processing, and so these laws, basically privacy laws and and um, other laws, really prohibit us sharing any information we receive with uh, third parties. Um, however, you know we can use the data we get from all of our merchants' base, which is nearly three hundred thousand merchants, and. Um, and we're, we processed over $120 billion in online payments last year for e-commerce. We can look at that data to tune our systems and, uh, and see velocity where a card, a stolen card, may have been used at one merchant just a few minutes ago versus another merchant. So even though we can't share between, say, gateway providers or, or processors, we can look at our data pool. So it's important to, you know, when you're looking at vendors, you know, you might ask, you know, how many merchants do you manage fraud for, do you manage payment for, because that really tells you how big of a sample they've got to work with to see fraud patterns, you know, as they emerge, you know, kind of keep your fingers on the pulse. Doug, this has been an interesting, interesting discussion. Our listeners and our readers, again, are smaller e-commerce merchants. Anything else on your mind for them today as it relates to credit card fraud? I, I'd say even if you don't have a lot of fraud problems today, you should start thinking about building your, out your fraud management process and system. You know, it's kind of like uh, firefighting. It's better to put the smoke detectors in your house before the fire breaks out because it's a lot more expensive and hard and difficult to put the fire out than to just put some basic prevention methods in place. So you've got, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, free tools like uh, AVS, Address Verification Service, and the uh, three three digits on the back of a card, we call CVN card verification number. You know, those are offered by the card associations. They're part of uh, what you pay for when you do, a, a, say, a credit card authorization. And they provide data back to you that can help, you know, help you defend against fraud. And you should take advantage of that. And really, you know, some of the entry-level solutions are not that expensive. For $10 a month, for example, we provide fraud screening tools to merchants that help manage fraud. And... Uh, you know, we, we do consistently see as merchants grow their business, there comes a point, especially if you're selling anything that is uh, desirable in terms of goods or easy to resell on the black market, there comes a point in time where all of a sudden you pop up on the fraudster's radar screen, you can hit, get hit very quickly almost overnight with a lot of fraud chargebacks and fraud problems once you've been targeted. So, again, it's better, you know, ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure, so it's good to, to think about it ahead of time and put some basics in place um, before that happens to you. Okay. Well, again, the report is the online fraud report. It's the 11th annual online fraud report. CyberSource is the company that has assembled this. Doug Schregman is CyberSource's Director of Customer and Market Intelligence at CyberSource.com. And Mr. Shrekman, we want to thank you for your time today. Thank you very much.